This is A Heart Like His, Episode 3, What is My Role in Judgment and Forgiveness? Welcome to A Heart Like His, a place where we are actively working to help you open your heart to Jesus Christ. Here you will find deeper conversion through scriptural insights, teaching moments, and real-life application. I'm your host, Nicole Carpenter. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm super excited to talk about judgment and judgment of others, and I think it's because I used to be at a place where I was, I don't know if scared is the right word, but that's the only word I can think of, but scared about judgment, or it felt like too much, um, and scared of other people's judgment, and felt like I was very judging in my own life if someone didn't live up to what I thought even the Lord wanted um, for all of his people. But I've learned a lot, and I think the best way to explain it is personal revelation. I came to the Lord and said, and I don't, I don't know how to feel about judgment. And he taught me a lot of things that I needed for me personally. So my hope is that through sharing this, um, it can also touch your heart as well. Because... Man, life is good when we're not scared of the gospel of Jesus Christ or judgment of the Lord or any of those things. Um, I think the best thing to do is start out with my IGTV. And if you missed it, go back and watch it. I'm going to summarize it here, but it's worth going back and watch. It's a picture of me and it's a video and it's right next to the post that says, let it go. And I share a story, but I'm going to shorten it for you now. There's a few topics that I want to cover, and so this is the first topic, is when others do things differently than we do. Um, I briefly share the story of an experience when me and my kids went out, and there was a fountain, and in that moment, I just really needed them to play in the fountain, and they were happy, and there was another mom close by, and um, she was working really hard to not get her kids to play in the fountain, and just my the thought came to mind that Jesus Christ was the only one that was worthy of judging both of these, us in this moment. And neither of us was necessarily doing the wrong thing because it is totally possible that by us doing completely different actions, we, our hearts were both in the right place, that we were loving ourselves and loving our children and loving our savior, Jesus Christ. No one knows us like he does. And even in this very moment, whatever you're thinking, he's the only one that knows that. Not even the adversary knows our thoughts. Isn't that amazing? And even though you can explain something to someone, you know, like when you feel the spirit, it's like, this is so hard to explain to someone in words. Um, he, he knows that feeling, which is just pretty cool. Here's a quote from 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, look not on his countenance, look not on his countenance or in the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not a man as a man seeth, for a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And I think this even applies to when we see people act, not in just their physical appearance, but sometimes we see them act and do something and we're thinking like, why in the world would they do that? But the Lord knows their heart and where it's at. And that's why judgment is his. That's why it's not ours. Um... Okay, next topic is when others don't see, like, the clear answer. Uh, And this is actually one that I personally struggled with and had to change my views and thoughts and have more compassion towards others. Because I think there's some things that you look at someone, and for me, it's even often I have just learned that lesson. And I'll look at somebody like, why don't they do that? And sometimes it maybe even comes from a place of, 
complete love. Like this has made me so happy. Um, but why aren't they doing that and pointing the finger at the other person? Um, but what I've realized is that he is in charge of each of us. I have a long list of things that I need to work on. I think everybody, speaking of judgment, everyone has their own personal list and they know their weaknesses and things they want to work on. But I'm surprised that sometimes the Lord comes to me and says, see this list right here of things you think you need to work on? That's not what we're working on. We're working on this and it'll come out of nowhere. And I'll be like, I didn't even know I needed to work on that. But the truth is I do. And he knows us better than anyone else. And I think we need to give that grace to other people too, that in the Lord's timing, he will approach them with this thing that maybe we see in them. And he's in charge of that. He's in charge of when they change and when he wants to implement it. And I think sometimes maybe when we approach someone and say, Hey, you're doing this and I really think you need to fix it or however we say it, if we're nice or whatever, you, you gotta be careful because you don't want to plant a seed in their heart of fear because you want people to change out of love because that's true and lasting change. And that's a joyful experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we change out of fear, it's just the wrong motives and at least personally through my experience, you just feel trapped and um, like you're not free by the gospel of Jesus Christ sets you free because he's changing your heart. I think sometimes we also want to correct people, but we need to think, where is my heart? And even with my children, I want to tell them and correct them and um, tell them to do things differently, but I need to come back and say, okay, where is my heart? in this situation. Um, is it this about me or is that about them? I have a sweet, sweet little girl and sometimes she'll do stuff that she, you can tell she's motivated out of fear. And I always need to check myself because oftentimes I want to help her and protect her and make sure, um, that she is safe and that she doesn't go through the same things that I went through and I think part of that is my job as a parent, but it's also including the Lord in that process because he can help me teach her in the way that she needs to be taught and not project my own personal feelings of acting out on fear and preventing them in her, if that makes sense. I hope I'm doing a good job of explaining this thought because it is something important to me that I learned is finding things in my daughter that I don't like about myself, I guess is what I'm trying to say and trying to fix her. Let's not have our motivation be that. Let's take those things to the Lord that we're uncomfortable with ourselves, instead of projecting on our children or loved ones in our life and take them to him. I think another reason why sometimes we try to go out and um, help other people and our motive may be wrong is that um, we're trying to boast ourselves, and we're trying to make ourselves feel better um, and I one time heard someone say, just this was at church, so I don't have a resource for it or anything, that oftentimes when we are judging someone, it's a reflection on something that we're insecure about for ourselves. So that's just another idea, another thing to reflect on before you go and correct someone. Um, in Joanna Weaver's book, and I can't remember which book it is, I think it's um, Having a Merry Spirit. She talks about being corrected by a friend, um, and I think there is a place for correction, but man, we got to make sure 
it's out of pure love and we want to be there and support them and walk them through this thing that we're giving them and this advice that we're giving them. It's got to be out of love. Okay, next topic. When others offend us, and I think we've all been offended. (laughs) And um, for me at least, having offended people, and I don't think, like there are people that intentionally try to offend us, but there are people that it's unintentional and they do offend us. So I think that's the first thing that we need to take a step back and look. Were they really trying to offend me on purpose? Or was this something that I can have an open, loving conversation with them? Like, hey, this kind of hurt my feelings. I know you probably didn't mean to, but this is where I'm coming from. Where are you coming from? Just having that open conversation. And when they intentionally offend us, you got to think back to, (laughs) if you didn't listen to episode one, (laughs) where is their heart? And oftentimes when people offend us, it's coming from a place of fear, um, not feeling acceptance or love. And so what do they need most of all? If it's coming from a place of fear or not feeling good enough, they need our love. These people that offend us, they need our love. They need our forgiveness. They need that compassion shown to them. Elder Bednar has a great quote. He says, You and I cannot control the intentions or behaviors of other people. However, we do determine how we will act. Please remember that you and I are agents endowed with moral agency, and we can choose to not be offended. I think of um, this funny analogy that I came up with one day. Um, If someone came to me and they said, Nicole, you're a horse, like totally random, I'd be like, what? no, I'm not a horse. And I'd brush it off and we'd move on. But if something a little bit closer to my heart, something that maybe I'm insecure about, I think that's when we tend to get offended. Um, there's lots of reasons we can get offended and people can say really mean, ugly, hurtful things, but we can choose to not be offended. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it takes time. And sometimes our relationship shifts a little bit. Um, But I think the Lord is not only our best example of how to do it, but there's a reason he's called our counselor to include him in this process of when we are offended. Heavenly Father, I'm offended. Where do we go from here? I'm hurt. Where do we go from here? I love this story from Leo Tolstoy. It says, Look at my life now. And compare compare it to my former life. You will see that I am trying to live out the truth I proclaim. Unable to live up to the high ideals he taught, the priest admits he had failed. But he cries, attack me if you wish. I do this myself, but don't attack the path I follow. If I know the way home, but I am walking along it drunkenly, is it less, is it any less the right way Simply because I am staggering from side to side, do not gleefully shout, look at him. There, he is crawling into a bog. No, do not gloat, but give your help to anybody who is trying to walk the road back to God. I love that story. I think it applies to us, but it also applies to us giving grace to other people. Um, Because every Sunday we're there together trying to partake of the sacrament, trying to become better people. And we need to forgive. So moving on, what is our role? What is our role in this judgment? And I think it's forgiveness. I think um, Christ knows that 
when we hold on and hold grudges, what it does to us, it just hardens our heart. Not to even the person that we're offended by or that has judged us or whatever, but, but it also hardens our hearts to other things. We, we know, I think it's Brene Brown that teaches, um, you can't numb one aspect of your life. You, you numb it all. So you got to let that pain in whatever pain you're feeling and then give it over to your savior. He wants it. He wants it. And that blows my mind when I think about it. He wants this pain that you're feeling more than anything else. He loves you so much. I think another reason why we don't hang on to the role of judging or hanging on to not forgiving people is because it's not our role. It's not in our divine makeup even to hang on to judgment. Imagine what it does to us, or think of what it, what it does to you even mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, when you don't forgive someone. Isn't it pretty amazing? It's not our job, and thank goodness. Thank goodness it's not my job. All right, let's look at some examples of Christ and what he does. I, this, the woman taken in adultery is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. I think I, I think I love it so much because it's like adultery is serious, and she was taken in the act. Like, this is heavy, heavy stuff. And all these men come, and they say, they want Jesus to act on this. And I think the most ironic thing is that Jesus Christ is the only one worthy of judging her in that moment because he is Christ. I mean, that's what we've been talking about. That Jesus Christ is the one of um, judging her. And so once all the men leave, in verse 10 in John 8, it says, When Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the women, he said unto her, Women, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I think we can hang on to this beautiful scripture when we think of ourselves and when we think of others. And I think we can get to that place through Christ where you can just love and love the person unconditionally and separate that from their sin or whatever they're doing that maybe we think is wrong or that they offended us, that we can love them completely and separate it. And I think that is only done through Christ. Of course, the pinnacle moment of his teaching and forgiveness is on the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I just think of him bruised, battered, just look in a mess <laughs> on the cross in the very act of someone taking his life. He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think this all comes back to their hearts. I think when we look at others, we can't know their hearts like he does. I think of how he knows my heart so completely. And I'm trying to let him in more and more every day. A heart like his, project a heart like his. That's why I'm so passionate about this. And when we see others' hearts, I think we can tap into it, but not like he can. All right, let's um, 
in this podcast with a challenge. I think the challenge is to choose to not be offended or to choose to take a step back when we want to judge others. So first recognize it if we're trying to, if we get offended or if we're trying to judge someone to take a step back and think, what's my true motive? So where is my heart? (laughs) Is this about me or is this about them? And do I need to seek extra help in doing so? I think the scriptures give us insight. I think there's counselors, mental health counselors that can give us insight. There's books that can give us insight to help us through conference talks, things that we need to go through. But including the Lord in this process, like I said before, he's called counselor. I think for a reason, because he can tell us exactly what we need to take this next step. I'm a big journal writer. So through this process, make sure to record how you feel through the process, how you feel when you start, how you feel in the middle, and how you feel in the end, and get back and reflect, did I feel better? Or did I feel worse through this process? Thanks for joining me today. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Go ahead and rate it if you haven't already. Thanks for joining me. You guys, I love the support. It just still blows my mind that I'm doing this, and everyone's been so supportive. I love you. That's all. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, please share. Share with your loved ones and invite them to join together as we seek a deeper conversion and a more intimate relationship with our Savior. Remember, wherever you are on this journey, know that you are not alone. We are in this together, through the struggle, through the joy, through it all. We are in this together in Christ. He is the one we are seeking. We are seeking a heart like his.